Hey folks, welcome to Back Into The Fire podcast, the internet's third best scotch and wrestling podcast. Shout out to Islay, Scotland. I'm Joe Till, joined here by my co-host Andy Hayworth. Howdy. We'll be taking a look at uh, Hard Times Pay-Per-View and uh, the subsequent uh, episode 16 of uh, Power, giving you our thoughts on um, definitely a game-changing uh, pay-per-view in uh, an episode as we uh, gear up towards the Crockett Cup. Yeah, absolutely. Um, definitely looking forward to the Crockett Cup, wherever that may be. It, it appears that uh, the NWA is going to be conducting an Olympic-style city search or, or venue search, perhaps, to uh, figure out who's worthy enough to host said event. But <laughs> I was happy to see that when they when they unveiled the, the cup there on, on the show. I, th- I thought, OK, Crockett Cup. Yeah, there we go. I'm wondering why why the the the, the secret um, we're not far away. Um, are they still looking for cities, or are they just trying to build some suspense here? Well, you know, because uh, people that are at the weekend tapings can't keep their thoughts to themselves. Yeah. We have things like spoilers that are that get posted, and sometimes these are pretty fun to to read. And uh, one of these spoilers said that uh, Billy Corgan came out and indicated that the Crockett Cup will be somewhere in Atlanta. So mm. whether that's true or not, I, I mean, you know, you can't believe everything you read on the Internet, but I feel like I've read that several places now. And so I've been, you know, racking my brain trying to figure out where in Atlanta they would they would hold such an event. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, GPB would be a little small for that. Um yeah. You know, the the facility where the, the Hawks and uh, the hockey team just escapes my memory. Play uh, would be obviously probably too large. So um, I don't know. We got a few options here. We have center stage, obviously, where Ring of Honor holds a lot of their events. Uh, right. Seats about, what, a thousand, I think I've heard. Yeah, it's a th- about a thousand in their largest hall. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you, may- but I don't know about center stage because if you look at their website, they're booked up pretty solid through April. I okay. mean, there may be one or two days, but yeah, um, yeah, it doesn't. I didn't see NWA anywhere on there. You mentioned a, a recently constructed facility there. There's a, a place called the Arena Gateway Center, okay. and it seats about five thousand people. Yeah, it's a, br- it's a brand new facility, and um, I, you know. That looks like that could be an option. I mean, of course, we would all love for it to be in the Omni in Atlanta, like back in the day. Oh, but, yeah. You know, the, the Omni's not there anymore. Yep. And the State Farm Arena that took its place, that's a 20,000-seater. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I think the NWA is great and all, but, I mean, 20,000 seats is a lot of uh, butts and chairs. So. Oh, yeah. It's way too way too big, I think. Wouldn't it be great to see um, something like that at – like one of the legendary venues like uh, Township Auditorium in Columbia or uh, Dorton Arena yeah. up in Raleigh, one of those places. Yeah, if it were if it were at the township, that would make that would be about a ten minute drive from where I live. Yeah. So I would love to see that in the township. It is a beautiful place and it has a, a huge history in uh in NWA wrestling. I mean, yeah. you and I when we were in school, we would saw several matches there and right. had a good time. I remember we stalked uh Ric Flair behind in the oh, parking yeah. lot behind the township. Diamond Dallas Page was, oh, yeah, was there D, that day. D, yeah. Yeah. Sting yeah, I think, was uh, there. 
Uh huh. Yeah. It, so uh, that's one of the really legendary the venues. Task at hand is uh, for us to try to break down hard times, which um, I think we both kind of talked about. Maybe a little hard to watch at times. Um, yeah. Inter- hard times. It's hard to watch. Entertaining for sure. Um, I felt like it was pretty fast paced. I, I didn't ever feel too terribly bored or anything like that. Now, you're right. The pace was was fast. I mean, right out of the gate, they had about two or three of those uh, television tournament bouts right yeah. there in a row. And I really liked how they just got right down to business. Right. With those. Um, and those were probably the more entertaining matches of the whole the whole night. I thought. That yeah. Trevor Murdoch defeats the question mark. That was a good little match. It was. It was. I was surprised a little bit that the question mark went down. I, I figured he would never lose, but but he lost to the um, was it the off the second rope or top rope turn uh, uh, bulldog that uh, Trevor Murdoch. Two of them. Yeah. Yeah. Beat the question mark and beat. Dan Moff with the same move, I believe. You know, I found that hard to believe that yeah. Dan Moff went down to that move because I, I you know, I tell you, I, I loved, loved, loved the Dan Moff versus Zicky Dice match. That was yeah. one of the highlights of the night for me. I mean, this dude, total pro in the ring. Yeah. Both Z, he and Zicky Dice did a great job, but he just put down a flurry of brutal moves on Dice that. You know, there, he was not getting up from those, and they looked convincing, and they looked like yeah. they hit really hard. And I, I mean, these Ring of Honor guys they brought in to do this this weekend, the uh, hard times, they just did an exceptional job. But between him and Matt Cross, yeah, and, uh, Flip Gordon, I mean, they all did. They really elevated the whole experience. Yeah, I'm, I hate to say it, but they were some of the best workers of the night out there. Um, yeah. I mean, as far as, you know, their, 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 the look, their, their, the way they were, um, delivering moves, selling moves, everything, they were just solid. And, um, I was impressed. Um, I agree. Even though they, they all three eventually lost, um, which made it a little unbelievable, but hey. The only one of those gentlemen that I had not seen wrestle before was Matt Cross. I think yeah. I watched a YouTube video or something prior to Hard Times. But, mm. you know, I tell you, I really liked his look. I really liked his style. Right. Um, you know, we complain about acrobat wrestlers a good bit. Um, sometimes it's well-deserved. But right. something about this guy, he had just kind of a workman yeah. attitude about him that I really appreciated where he wasn't just doing all this silly stuff. He was right. the moves kind of made sense in context of what he was doing and he was entertaining to watch. And it's really too bad that he didn't get to move on. Yeah. I, I enjoyed watching him. It makes me want to watch ring of honor a little more. I've been trying to, to watch a little ring of honor. Um, it comes on my cable on like some new England sports network channel at like midnight. So I have to record it. I have to DVR it. Um, and the Ring of Honor definitely has a different vibe around it. Um, sure. I'm not sure what. It's a little, I don't know, a little, uh, I almost describe it as a little goth slash ECW slash. Right. It's, it feels dark. Yeah. Um, I enjoy watching it. It's definitely one of those wrestling shows that feels like it fits right into that midnight time slot it's one of those weird little right. wrestling shows that that um i don't know it, it's quirky but 
it's got its own flavor to it, which I guess is fine. Um, but they've got some some really good, uh, you know, competitors like Marty Skrull. Um, sure enough. He's definitely, um, you know, marches to the beat of his own drum. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing him uh, duke it out with Aldis uh, in this uh, in this next um, Ring of Honor event, the free event, as well as the, um, I guess, the Crockett Cup. They're going to meet one on one. And you're going to have uh, boots on the ground there in Baltimore yeah, for that boy. free event. Yeah, that, I'm looking forward to hearing what happens in that. <laughs> Yeah, I've never been to a, a Ring of Honor event. Um, gosh, I've actually only been since <laughs> since uh, Nitro. I've only been to one wrestling event, which was uh, 1997. Yeah, 97. Um, well, actually, take that back. I was <laughs> I was at a WWE or F event. Um, it was a SummerSlam in Raleigh, North Carolina. Oh, really? Yeah, back in the early 2000s uh, when the Hardy boys were wrestling and all that i don't know why i went to that be honest with you but anyway <laughs> that was that was a fun event you lived in raleigh around yeah the time, yeah yeah okay well you know it'll be interesting to see what happens in the crockett cup for sure i mean to be honest you know i'm glad that hard times is behind us i didn't like it as much as into the fire um you know, to me, it just sort of ended. You know, they had the the final match and Ricky Starks yeah. won and then it just ended. There was no one more thing, you know, like the you know, it wasn't like Steve Jobs pulling out the iPhone right. at the end of a, at the end of, an, you know, Apple World or whatever the hell. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I will say this, you know, we we basically predicted and were correct on all of our predictions as to what <laughs> was going to happen on hard times and yeah. that was both i feel good that we were able to do that but yeah. I also feel yeah. bad because it's extremely predictable you shouldn't apparently. be able to, yeah you shouldn't be able to predict yeah. all these things like that which we did almost yeah it's concerning when you can predict all these matches bit. yeah especially the rick ricky starks thing i mean it's like okay this is the ricky starks coronation because they're definitely pushing him uh, we had a couple mishaps. We we did we correctly predicted that Rock and Roll Express would lose the title. Right. We thought it would be the wild cards. I right. Think. I was pleasantly surprised that James Storm and Eli Drake <laughs> took those titles. All you know, maybe that's. I feel like that's given James Storm a little bit of a pop there. But oh yeah, like he had sort of fallen into the background almost a little bit since his loss to Nick Aldis at Into the Fire. <laughs> those guys in the last power episode in their interview was over the top. I, I I was like laughing out loud during that interview, especially the looks Eli Drake was giving James yeah. storm uh, during that interview. Yeah, for sure. I mean, they look like they were both having a good time. Oh my God. So it felt, you know, they looked like they were loose and just really enjoying their work that they were doing. Uh, and, you know, Eli Drake, of course, said it on here probably the last three times we've met up here i just think he's really the future of the whole promotion i think he's the guy to beat you know in 2020 mm -hmm. really you imagine having a drink with eli drake james storm and aaron stevens meeting up in a bar with those three guys uh, we almost did we almost did yeah <laughs> Uh, the other prediction we sort of flubbed was the speaking of Aaron Stevens, 
the Aaron Stevens versus Scott Steiner match ended in kind of a disqualification. I think we had said maybe Aaron <laughs> Stevens would win, but I don't know. That was a, probably the most pointless match of the evening. Pointless. And I, li- I, I like Aaron Stevens a lot, but that match to me, I don't understand what the function of that match I, I don't was. understand either. And at the end, Aaron Stevens bailed out on the question mark and I thought they would follow that up in power with a little friction between him and the question mark but it it, it didn't happen so I don't know no. what the point of that was I really don't no I, I didn't understand I, I like you assumed that's what they were going to do and it looks like there's no no ill will harbored anywhere there no. so but but that was a strange matchup I mean if we're being honest yeah Scott Steiner just got there yeah those two guys had no beef with one another that I'm aware of. So I just didn't understand why we were having that match. But anyway, it's behind us now. Steiner looked better, I thought, than the first time we saw him wrestle in that tag match. But uh, I agree. Yeah, but um, he's still old. I mean, he's, he's late 50s. I mean, the guy is in good shape for his age. Um, but he, sure. he's obviously, uh, you know a few steps behind a guy like Aaron Stevens. He's not as, as, as agile or anything and uh, a little unbelievable, but um, you know, I, I still, I, I mentioned the growing pains the NWA is going through. I think they're trying to figure things out. I think, that, sure. you know, Steiner was available. They were like, Oh, this is a big name, old school guy. Let's uh, let's pull him in. So, you know, I can't fault them for trying to do that, but uh, I don't know where they're going to go with him. Well, it could have been a case where they thought, well, this this uh, matchup is just so bizarre that maybe mm-hmm. it will maybe it'll get some heat or something. Yeah, but it, it was just almost a little too strange for its own good. Right. Um, and you know, we mentioned Ricky Starks ended up winning the whole tournament. Mm-hmm. We, we you know we predicted that would happen. I don't mm-hmm. know. Just simply because I feel like they've been hyping him a little bit. Right. I I don't know what it is about him, but, you know, I don't want to say I don't like Ricky Starks. I have no reason to dislike him, but I just feel like they're uh, he's just kind of a a vague sort of character at this point. I don't know who he is. Vague is a good word for him. He's not like (sighs) strong as a baby face. Um, No, he's, he's not a heel, obviously. No, he's somewhere in a gray area. Maybe I, I don't know. He's got this cockiness. Yeah, yeah. But not like cockiness to the extent of like I don't know. Like I said, he's not a heel, but baby faces usually aren't known for their overly cockiness. So I don't know. I don't know where he falls. You know, I mean, he's in good shape, but he's not in like he's not. In Eli Drake shape. You no. Know, Eli Drake looks, you know, looks great out there. Not that Starks looks bad, but he looks right. a little small, you know. Yeah. Uh, he, he's kind of a, a slender guy. Um, and a, a lot of people say that he, lo- he reminds him of The Rock or whatever because of his look. But mm. I think The Rock would probably break this guy like a twig. But <laughs> Oh, yeah. The Rock has, yeah. The Rock's a much bigger 
frame and everything. I just don't understand the Starks gimmick or whatever. And, you know, a lot of people online are, you know, congratulations, you know, the best man won it. And that may be the, that may be the case. That, that yeah. doesn't mean I have to like it, I guess. Right. But, uh, and it, again, it's not that I dislike the guy. I'm sure he's a, a, a fine and upstanding human being who uses his turn signals and takes his <laughs> recycling to the curb. But, uh, there you go. Uh, I I just but I just I just don't get him. I don't I don't I don't understand what he's going for. Is he trying to be like this like soul brother type thing or or I mean I yeah. is, is he I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't understand it. I think he'd almost work better as a heel to be honest. Um Yeah, I would like him more if he were a heel. Yeah. I mean, he'd almost kind of invoke that Jimmy Garvin type feel, you know, if he kind of got out there and got a little more obnoxious and everything. Yeah. Yeah, he needs to go to one extreme or the other in this. Yeah. Thing. You know, he, he doesn't need to be picking up, you know, children and walking them down the stairs, you know, like he did on his right. ring entrance there. I, was that his kid? I mean, I mean, that seemed a little dangerous. <laughs> I'd forgotten about that. I was a bit into my cups when I was watching all that. So, well, you know, I tell you, uh, I was into the cups as well. And I have to say, I watched Hard Times the second time and yeah. it, it made it was a lot better the second time because I was a little more lucid. But um, <laughs> but the end result was kind of still the same. It was a little underwhelming, I guess yeah. you could say. Speaking of the pay-per-view, how did you like the um, the uh, the format and everything? Did you have any slowdowns or anything while you were watching? Well, I watched... Um, yeah, yeah, it did. I think I was a few seconds behind you because we were texting, of course, during the the matches, and you would you would text me like five seconds, and then I would see whatever it was you were talking about on oh, the screen. Okay, so, see, I was but, thinking the inverse. I was thinking you were a little ahead of me. It's funny. Oh wow. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Um, I had it queued up. Of course, I watched it on the Fight TV app on Roku. And, right. Uh, I didn't have. I maybe had one or two places where i had a couple frame drops but for the most part yeah. it was a, a pretty good feed yeah now when i when i rewatched it i had a major malfunction huh. that i had to stop and and restart it i mean it all started going like twice the speed it should have been oh really <laughs> narration was the same was the original speed so oh, that's weird it, it was during the uh the the uh the alice and k and and uh thunder rosa match so uh, they were like going at like mickey mouse speed you know yeah i had a few slowdowns um during the original broadcast, nothing too major, but um, you know, I've never used Fight TV for anything. No, I haven't before, either. But, but it was, I thought it was a pretty good experience, and you know, yeah, you yeah, overall, watch it, and yeah, and to and and all those ROH um, shows are on there for free, and oh yeah, you could watch Power on there too if you don't want to hunt it up on YouTube, I guess. Well, some of the big matches from Hard Times. Speaking of that, Alice and Kay and mm -hmm. and uh, Thunder Rosa match, that was probably the, the most solid match of the evening, perhaps, maybe. <sighs> yeah, I mean, probably it, it went maybe the was it the longest match? I'm it not felt, sure. It felt long. It felt had a grueling character to it toward the end there. It did. It had a few breakdowns in there, man. And I don't want to I don't want to keep saying that every match was like, ah, oh, there's something wrong with it. But um some of them do feel off, though. Yeah, and I don't know where the problem was. I, I'm trying to figure it out. I don't know if it's the studio making the matches feel not as authentic as they should. Um, 
No, because you could watch Memphis wrestling and those studios. You're right. You're right. Feel wonderful, even ones from 40 years ago. I was telling you earlier, though, it seemed like at times the wrestlers felt they seemed tentative to try to kind of go all out. Yeah. Yeah. They're trying to be a little too careful with some of the moves. Certainly, they don't have a lot of space around the ring to get out. And I mean, they only have a couple feet at best on that side of the ring where the crowd sits. But so but but even in the ring, sometimes I feel like a move gets flubbed and then they punch and slap a little bit. And then they Uh go somehow circle back and try to pull that move off again. And it starts. you can kind of tell at that point that something went wrong. But. Uh, with this particular match, I thought it was a good match. I, mm. I like both of these ladies a lot. I so do too. I, I, I wasn't rooting for anybody specifically. I mean, I have a, a real soft spot for Alice and Kay for whatever reason. But I, I did predict, we both did, the Thunder Rosa win. Right. She did win, but I don't like how she won. You know, she managed to pull off, they both managed to pull off sort of all their signature moves, but then... Rosa gets the pin at the end. She just kind of picks up Allison Kay and kind of drops her like a bag of groceries sort mm-hmm. of and and then falls on her for the pin and that was it. Yeah. It, was, it just didn't it wasn't a strong finish. No, it I mean, wasn't. Certain, you know, there were times when she could have pinned her and it would have been an excellent finish, but mm-hmm. somehow they're screwing up the rhythm as they approach the end of these matches. I, I'm not sure where that's where that disconnect is coming from. I don't know where the 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 finishes um it's just not it's just not there um the strong finishes like like we need to see um jim Cornette often talks about the multiple finishes without a without a result yeah and, you know you land so many finishers and, and how many finishers do you need to land before an actual end to a match um right right i don't think there's a problem if somebody does a big finish and then the other guy kicks out because then you think, well, hell, how, how did he kick out of that? But then when you do it one time and, and again and again, and then when you don't end on a big note, somewhere you've lost the rhythm. It's like you're, yeah. you know, it's like you're playing a piece of music and you build up to a climax and and then it, and then it doesn't stop where it should. You yeah. know? And then you yeah. it just peters out into a fade out, which is, I think, exactly what happened not only in this match, but in the right. all this versus Flip Gordon match as well. Right. Um in both matches, both all the competitors were able to do all their signature moves. Right. But they but the rhythm, they built up to this to this high point and then they dropped it and then they just faded out at the end. And what was with Aldis seeming like he got like run over by a truck at the end and he needed help to get out of the ring while Flip Gordon managed to lose and still get up on his own power and get out. Come you know, on. that's a signature Nick Aldis thing right there. Come on. If you go and you look at his like big time matches, like his Marty Skrull at Crockett Cup, his matches with Cody, yeah. his match with um, uh, any of his long, big matches, yeah. he, he gets like extremely or he at least pretends to be extremely fatigued. I guess he's just selling. But, but this wasn't even that long of a match. And no, it wasn't. He's in the biggest Dude out there, probably in better shape than anybody out there. And you're trying to tell me that he has to get help to get out of the ring. Come on. <laughs> the hard, hardest working man in the wrestling oh business. You know? it's like, it's like the, but, uh, you know, that that was a good match, but it was 
again, it was almost a duplication of his match with Flip Gordon from a couple years ago. Yeah. With the exception of he didn't make Flip Gordon tap out. Right. The same stuff happened. They both did the same moves. I mean, I I don't know that much about Nick Aldis, but knowing what we do know, we we know we're always going to see that elbow off the top rope. We're going to see. Yeah. Yeah those kind of bread and butter old school moves of his. Which I appreciate. I like I Nick like Aldis. He's yeah. one of my favorite wrestlers. As a matter of fact, I yeah. think I saw somebody recently say he was the, the best world champion in wrestling right now. And I can't disagree with that, even though he's I like a him. small promotion. I swear he's, he's, you know, he, he's a company guy. He toes the line, you know, he, he's, he's all about tradition, which I love. Yeah, um, I have no problems really with Nick Aldis, um, but no, I I like him as well. I'm always going to root for for him, pretty much. But I don't know. Just try to make things a little more realistic here. Um, you know, he little he oversold his his you know exertion there a little bit at the end, which I don't know. I don't have a huge problem with. We're just trying to point out some things here. What was with the the short? TV title matches. I know they had this this whole six oh five theme going, but how believable was it that every match somehow reached a conclusion within six minutes? I was looking for at least one of them to to reach a draw. I thought the same thing because you know you have these matches that go on for epic lengths of time, and then you're gonna yeah. get some of these some of these guys. They the matches could and should have been really close and they probably should have gone to a draw. Mm -hmm. So what'd you think of uh, Trevor Murdoch overall? I I thought Trevor Murdoch looked pretty good, but uh, the one thing about Trevor Murdoch is I don't understand why he keeps going to that top rope because I don't know that that's a good spot for him to be in, but that seems to result in his downfall more often than, than, than not. Yeah. Although he did have some very impressive uh, bulldogs off the top rope in right. those first two matches, for sure. He just doesn't look like the type of wrestler that would go to the top rope unless he had to. No, and it looked like he kind of bobbled one of those in that match with the question mark, at least. But Yeah, he did. He bobbled one, you know, in an earlier episode of Power. I remember he, he, he screwed up a, a top rope thing pretty badly and uh i tell you what dan moff just about turned his chest into it looked like he had been struck multiple times guy. with a ball peen hammer there with those chops that that dan moff was was laying down i think that's becoming a theme for trevor murder to get chopped across the chest and it looked like a you know a horror scene or something man it's, i guess he's just that fair skin it just shows yeah. up better you know so but man he he those those <laughs> were some vicious chops i mean i think his match with dan moff was was exceptional um of course uh you know tim storm had a had a bad night at hard times i don't get that man a tim storm fresh guy losing in like what four or five minutes to to Ricky Starks, and it wasn't it wasn't the good way you want to lose. It was one of these no. crucifix kind of weird pins. Um, yeah, and you're right; he was fresh because for whatever reason, uh, Anderson wasn't there that night. Um, I don't know where he is, but uh, Ken Anderson didn't make an appearance. So you no. know, um, Tim Storm got a got a pass on that. And think about how long. 
Tim Storm went, you know, against Aldis. Yeah. And when in that early episode of Power, I guess it was maybe the first episode, and then for him to to damn near just job out to Ricky Starks just doesn't seem right. Oh, I I agree. I I didn't like how that match went down for sure. And you're right; it, no. it almost was a job out, and just not the type of match you expect to see from the guy that that mm. held the title for a length of time, the, the world championship title. And uh, I I don't know. I'm not sure what what they're trying to do with him. There, I, I hate I hate to see him lose like that. But yeah, of course, Starks was our chosen guy. So yeah. I like Tim do. Storm. Where does Tim Storm fit into the NWA at this point? I, I don't know. Well, that's an excellent question because, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of like where does the Rock and Roll Express fit in? Yeah, where, you know where do where do all these some of these guys that that lose and uh, for where, Homicide and and uh, Kingston where do they fit in? You know, yeah. there's a couple of these guys that are getting lost somewhere in the in the mix. For sure. Yeah, and with with without a you know a regular house show or anything with these 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 weekend filmings every five or six weeks, it it just seems to some of these guys are just being recycled over and over again, and right, and it's sort of weakening their you know their image and everything. So I don't know. Um, another problem that the NWA is going to have to solve if they're going to you know be viable and continue to be successful. Yeah, it's um, but you're you're absolutely correct in asking that about Tim Storm. I, I think they'll find something to do with him, but they need they need right. to definitely get him get him on to a feud with somebody uh, because the, I mean people love Tim Storm. You know? Right, he's popular for sure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and and I just um, yeah, I think he deserves better than to fall out like that. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Did they ever say where Ken Anderson was? Is he injured? A, perhaps or never heard man it's unfortunate because he just got to where i found him interesting uh when he went on that rampage against colt cabana a couple episodes back and now yeah i I take it they won't have him for this whole next series of power shows if he wasn't there to wrestle on on uh, hard times that friday the the match with the rock and roll express the Mm. um triple threat match there right I don't like that style of matches because inevitably this is what happens. One guy gets thrown down in a corner and stays there for half the match, or he gets ejected from the ring and nobody knows where he is for the next five minutes. Ah, Robert Gibson. God almighty. Poor Robert Gibson's in there. He gets outside the ring. And do you want to tell me that Camille brutalizes him so badly for the next five to ten minutes that he can't crawl back in the ring? Robert Gibson getting his ass handed to him outside of the ring. Ricky Morton. (laughs) Just standing there. I I text you, Ricky Morton seems to have forgotten that Robert Gibson was even in the match at one point. It definitely looked like that that Ricky Morton forgot that Robert Gibson was out. I forgot about him, too, honestly. Uh, once again, Camille's down there beating up on somebody old enough to be her father. So, uh, <laughs> it's so weird, man. Yeah. Well, she keeps beating up on these old fellas, man. But yeah, that match, you know, I, I didn't like how they handled, how they handled Robert Gibson and that one. Maybe that's their answer. Maybe he doesn't have the mobility that they want him to have in the ring. So they just have him sit it out for a long time. Yeah. I think it was definitely a rest for. Hoot Gibson out there. 
at any rate, I hate that the Rock and Roll Express lost the titles. It was kind of strange to have have them get beat by sort of another face team, I guess, like that. But I'm going back looking at our text we exchanged, and <laughs> gosh, one of the things I said is they're doing a shitty job showing what's going on outside the ring. Well, they were. They absolutely the didn't camera work have a was camera like, on that. What is going on? You couldn't really tell. No, uh, that's, you know... Again, I hate for this to be the complaint episode, but this is several times now where we've seen cases where Camille is out there doing something, but we don't know what she's doing or we can't No see idea. It. Yeah. And I want to see what's going on out there. Well, she's such like she's such a big part right now in the in the right. BA. They seems like it seems like they should have, you know, more focus on her and at least keep a camera out there to kind of show what she's doing. I mean, when she's one of three people on the hard times event poster i expect mm-hmm. to see her doing something right i mean exactly um i hope they start utilizing her because now we've seen about 16 episodes and she well, hasn't really been able to do that much spoiler and if oh. you don't want to hear spoiler yeah i'm pretty sure i saw uh, her involved in a match on an upcoming power episode and it seems like oh. Thunder Rosa was stalking around outside the ring, giving her the the old uh, evil eye. So I don't know. Well, I, I hope we see her in action, but I didn't really care for the outcome of that match. I mean, I'm glad that those. I'm glad that Storm and Drake have the titles. I just, yeah, I don't know. For some reason, I just really felt like the 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 heelish sort of angle on that if if mm. uh, the wild cards could have pulled those belts back in it would have made for more interesting story more interesting yeah i think yeah. so too if they had the belts and all this had the belt it, w- it would yeah. have made for a better storyline for sure especially if they had cheated to get him too you know yeah, you know, oh, yeah. With Camille down there doing some some shady stuff so but anyway you know it, yeah. it was what it was and uh with hard times out of the way the following episode of power was almost like a, a recap episode there isn't a whole lot that we learned in this episode there were only there were only two matches and uh we we had kind of a longish uh i don't i don't think it was an interview but a little conference between nick aldis and marty Skrull regarding their future so uh once again another crazy stipulation sort of match here uh, Nick Aldis says if he loses, uh, Marty Skrull has to pay all the fans tickets that came to the Crockett Cup. If uh, Aldis wins, I guess they're through dealing with one another or something along those lines. Yeah, I guess it's it's over, done with. They, the NWA likes these little personalized, whiny interviews, and I've, I've said it before, and just a lot of whininess. Marty Skrull talking about, eh, I, I want a title. I've never won a title. I need a title shot. I don't, I don't know, man. I was interested uh, to hear that because I didn't realize that. But uh, I mean, but but look at him. He's a tiny guy, though. I mean, yes. There's a reason why maybe. But, you know, a lot of people love this guy. And he gave Aldous a, a hell of a fight yeah. a year ago. So, you know, why not? Yeah. But, I mean, Aldous himself was a was a fairly emo during this interview. They both were fairly emo. Uh, at right. some point, you're kind of like, "Look, guys, you're you're big, strong wrestlers. You're supposed to be punching each other in the face, not, yeah. not whining about it." But 
Felt like they were going to hug it out at some point, but that didn't happen. Oh. Well, let's talk about the terms of this match. I mean, mm-hmm. assuming this match happens and assuming right. they continue to agree to these stipulations. Right. There's no way in hell they're refunding an arena full of tickets. Clearly, Aldis is losing this. Automatically sets it up for Aldis to lose. Yeah. I mean, I just can't imagine the logistical nightmare in that. No. There has to be a le- legal ramification somewhere in that. So do you see Skrull winning the NWA title, though? I, I mean, assuming these stipulations hold true, then then yes. <sighs> what about a disqualification? Well, I don't know what happens in the result of a, a DQ, but that would be one way to, to get around. To get around guess. dropping the, the strap to Ring of Honor and avoiding the <laughs> the ticket refund for sure. Well, I tell you what, you know, if, if Skrull did win the title, that would make for a hell of an interesting storyline. Seeing the belt leave the territory and, you know, how are you going to get it back at that point? Obviously, more collaboration between right. these two territories yeah and could be interesting they're obviously working pretty well together to have three of ring of honors guys you know appear on the last pay-per-view there's obviously something going on there so they it looks like they don't have any problem working together so i don't think that would be a huge issue no i i think it makes life pretty interesting for both territories honestly and yeah you know marty marty skrull i guess was sort of in the wrestling news recently he's Got kind of a sweetheart of a deal over at Ring of Honor, and I believe he's kind of like the head booker over there he, now. So they kind of gave him everything to keep him. I really think AEW was jockeying maybe to 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 get him to jump ship, and and Ring of Honor sort of was like, all right, we we got to ante up to keep this guy because he's our main, you know, main yeah. squeeze, so to speak. And it sounds like the deal that he has lets him essentially do about anything he wants to do oh, yeah. inside or outside of yeah. Ring of Honor territory. So it'll be interesting for sure. Um, but I just don't think there's any way in hell that you could possibly refund. Let's say they have 5,000 people uh, at the show. How, how are you going to do that? You know, I, I just don't understand how that would how that would happen. There'd be a riot if that happened. Yeah, no, that it's, it's not viable. I really don't see it. It would be sort of here's the one thing, though, if something like that were to happen, it would definitely get a lot of media attention um, yeah, towards yeah. this little wrestling organization that has to give money back to its fans for a wrestler losing. So is it worth that type of publicity? I don't know. You know, the, the fact that Ring of Honor has a show coming up for free. Right. You know, almost sort of tells you that. Maybe they could pull this off if they're not giving people $20 bills, you know, on their way out of the arena. Maybe they're giving them a, a voucher to yeah. another event and they're just maybe. Calling, and it's a free event and they're just saying, here's a ticket. To yeah, it. maybe. But I, I don't. But again, that would get involved in, in legal stuff there because some guy is going to say like, hell no, I want my $60 or whatever it's right. going to cost. So, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, except to say that this, this has been done before. Of mm-hmm. course it's been done before. I saw this. Some, so one of the fans posted something that Lawler mm-hmm. and Austin Idol had a, a similar little battle like this in Memphis. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Idol won and, uh, 
you know, had Lawler won, the fans would have been refunded. <laughs> but, but but Austin Idol won and got to shave Lawler's head in response. So <laughs> it's not the first time we've seen this apparently. And I just don't think there's any way in hell that that they're they're going to be refunding money. And so it sounds like yeah, I don't think is, so. It's going to lose, you know, one way or another. Probably going to lose. Like I said, if you want to not drop the title, it could be a DQ. That way they could cover both bases. That would be very disappointing for there to be a disqualification. But It would that, be. I mean, that would, yeah, you're right. But Marty Skrull wouldn't get what he wants if there's a disqualification. So anyway, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens for sure. But that was probably the biggest news that came out of that episode. There was a bit of a, a squash match that we had in that episode that just from a South Carolina perspective was interesting because oh, yeah. Royce Isaacs went up against uh, this Andre Gunn from, from Chester. Chester. His first appearance in the NWA, apparently. Uh, Chester, if you folks don't know, is located in South Carolina between uh, Columbia and Rock Hill, that area, sort of. Is I, You know, the sad thing is I'm here in South Carolina and I could not tell you where Chester I had no idea. I had to look it up. <laughs> I grew up in <laughs> South somewhere, Carolina. Somewhere in the upstate, I think, maybe, but... Uh, the funny thing about that match was that Isaacs nearly lost because he was outside the ring beefing with Sal Renaro, who oh, was on guest commentary. I thought he was going to lose, and I have no... Why did he go and have to start yelling at Sal Renaro? It's so weird. I don't know. I think he, I think Sal Renaro said something that he didn't appreciate. And, <laughs> and he's, you know, I tell you, I like Sal Renaro a lot. I like Sal Renaro, too. I hope they like, push Sal Renaro a little bit. Not just because he's one of our first Instagram followers, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's kind of a fun guy. I don't know. It's a shame he's he's out for a while, but but maybe yeah. maybe he'll do something uh, when he gets back. I don't know. i tell you another person. I, I like Royce Isaacs, too, because yeah. if you follow him on Twitter, he's, he's pretty funny on Twitter. He's a funny guy. And, he he seems nothing like his his actual character on Twitter, but yeah. but they kind of made him out to be a bit of a domestic abuser a little bit in this episode. The way he was, you know, yelling at May Valentine. But I, again, that's another character. I have no idea who what their function is at this point. Is she going to wrestle May Valentine? <sighs> no idea. I mean. I mean She's she's an interesting person because outside of wrestling, she's a a fairly accomplished writer and yeah. and and uh, maybe a TV show host or an interviewer or, or a journalist of some or of some renown. Right. But I don't understand what she's doing in the NWA. But, you know, <laughs> that that's fine. I mean, it's it's fun. It's it's kind of a funny little dynamic she has going on now with him. And uh, yeah, yeah, it really is. And uh, it, I don't know. It makes for good TV. It's entertaining. Hey, yeah, keep Sal Renaro in that announcer chair too. I like that. That's he good. was good. He was. I uh, you know. Shit. It seems like a nice guy. You know? Seems I mean, like a nice guy. I mean, you never saw the Mulkey brothers on guest commentary. No, never you know? saw them. God knows. <laughs> I don't know if they could put two sentences together. Who knows? Speaking <laughs> of commentary, what about this uh, Sean Mooney guy who um, came in to do a few interviews up there at the podium? Um, is there was there a need for him? I, I don't get it. No, I, I don't remember him from the WWF at all. Um, I don't think he was there all that long at the WWF. But no, 
I don't remember him. I I don't think he's doing any better than uh, Dave Marquez was. Yeah, I don't I don't know why Dave Marquez can't just handle all those duties. I, I don't get it. Yeah, I think he's I think he's too busy producing the show or okay something I maybe know, but, yeah yeah I did I didn't know Mooney um I mean, he seemed okay I mean but yeah uh, he was fine he was fine I, I guess we'll maybe see a little bit more of him um the only other match we had was another face off with Starks and Zicky Zicky Dice, Dice yeah which I, uh, it's too soon man. <laughs> Too soon after winning to already be defending that thing. Yeah, I mean, couldn't they have? Um, I I know the t- TV title is supposed to be defended on TV quite often, but I don't know. Maybe um, just some squash matches with Starks and to get Dice over. Just put him in some squash matches to yeah give him a little bit of heat and. Not just have him go out and get his butt whipped immediately after just getting his butt whipped by yeah. by Moff. So uh, yeah, absolutely. You know, let Starks have a little bit of a victory lap there. And well, I'll say uh, Zicky Dice seems to have a lot of fans. Out I there. like. I, I hated Zicky Dice, but I'm kind of starting to 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 come around to Zicky Dice. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. <laughs> his, I I don't know what it is, but he's there's something compelling about this I don't guy. Know. <laughs> I don't want him to just, you know, turn into a, a has-been so quickly. He's, no. he's lost a couple in a row. So I, He seems like a good worker, too. I yeah. Mean, like, like I said, that match with him and Dan Moff was one of the high points of the night, I thought. I thought so, too. I thought he looked pretty good out there. Yeah, for sure. Clearly, I guess we're gearing up for a clash between Molina and Thunder Rosa, perhaps. What can I say? I hope Thunder Rosa... Um, you know, wipes the mat with Melina. <sighs> Melina's so annoying. I don't even know what to say about her. Um, yeah, it's, um, I don't understand. I don't understand her relationship with Thunder Rosa or where they're trying to go with that. But I, don't I mean, either. it certainly looks like there's going to be some sort of confrontation based on that somewhat awkward interview that they had. Um, but apparently Allison K will be facing Thunder Rosa yet again next week. I mean, again, what's going to go? Yeah. Why? why? Uh, you know, let them build it back up a little bit. I'm kind of feeling sorry for Allison K a little bit here because she's kind of alone right now. I mean, maybe Ashley Vox has her, <laughs> has her back. I, I, I mean, I guess don't know. maybe. I don't know. You're right. I mean, she she really is kind of like out on. Out on an island by herself right now. Um, I, I haven't seen ODB. No, like she's in this uh, particular round of taping. So I think they brought a new a, a new female uh, wrestler in. So um, oh, good. So we'll see. I, I the name escapes me right now, but I'm almost certain that that there's another one that's that's coming in. So we'll see. So they've they taped, you know, over the last weekend. Right. Saturday Saturday and Sunday. Do you think they taped enough content to get us all the way into April? I was wondering about that too. I'm wondering how in the world are we gonna have a weekly program from now? So let's think about this. Um Well, I mean, this week's episode of Power was pretty thin. Pretty th- it, it was watered down a lot. I think mean, um, we're probably going to see more that are pretty thin. But there's going to be at least eight, maybe nine more. You're going to need at least about nine more episodes of power to get us to the next pay-per-view. 
if you're talking. I haven't heard anything about additional taping. So no, so I don't know. It depends on when in April that 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 uh, the Crockett Cup will be held too. We we don't have even have a date on that yet. We don't. So. If it's in the very beginning of April, then you're talking about probably a couple of um, maybe a couple of clip shows in there probably so yeah maybe they'll take a week off you know yeah they could always take a week off you're right it it does seem like a long stretch though when you consider Mm -hmm. that um there was about a uh, i'd say about a month between uh, maybe a month and a week or so between uh into the fire and the hard times pay-per-view and now somehow we have to get through february march you know, two, two, two months, really. Right. Two solid months. But I don't know. It, I guess they can do it. But I think the shows probably will be a little thin, though. I felt like this past episode of Power was a little thin. You're right. I thought it was pretty interview heavy and not a lot of matches. I think you'll probably end up seeing two matches per episode going forward, two to three at most. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right about that. Well, at any rate. The train is rolling toward the Crockett Cup, and just like everybody else out there, we're looking to see what date, how we can get tickets, where it will be. Hopefully, it's going to be on a on a day that you can come down and check it out. And oh, I, I'm I'm definitely planning on being there, regardless of where it is, as long as it's in the contiguous United States. All right, folks, thank you for joining us on another episode of the Back Into the Fire podcast. As always, uh, if you're looking to reach out to us, uh, we're located on social media, Twitter and Instagram. That's uh, at Back Into The Fire. Or you can email us, uh, backintothefirepod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening again. Uh, My name is Joe Till. And I'm Andy. Talk to you next time.